Hello there and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast where we talk film, TV, games and all that just like there's no tomorrow. This week we're talking about Bad Batch Season 1, the full thing, the whole bloody affair. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined by my co-host John. What's up dude? Hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, I'm back. We're back. We're back. We're yes. back. We're so very back. It's, it feels uh, so weird like we've been recording it like we record one then we take like a two week break and now I'm recording other and then we're going to take a two week break again. It's like it's, it's so strange. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Like usually, people just go, "Oh, okay, we're just gonna take a break," and they just come back like nothing ever happened, really. But uh, it is weird. But I feel like I haven't uh, seen you excited. in years. I just like oh, a distant memory. You. I haven't seen you for so long. I can barely uh, remember what you look like. It's not true. I've got a picture of you right behind me, actually. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, on my uh, wall of wall of photos, wall of memories. Yes, yes. Um. So yeah. Um. It's been an interesting week of, you know, some lots of great news. <laughs> mm. Well, indeed. <laughs> yeah, and I'm well. going to start stuff off with, with a strange one, indeed. Mr. Idris Elba has been cast as Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. John, I know that you loved Sonic the Hedgehog, the first film. So what do you yes. think? Idris Elba is joining the crew. What do you think? Did I love the first one? I can't even remember what happened in the first one, to oh, be honest. The first because... one was definitely a film. Don't worry, we're going to cover it next year. We're going to cover both of them oh, next boy. year. Oh, uh, boy. Oh, boy. So, with... Um... Oh, what happened? Oh. What? Oh, uh, oh. oh, sorry. Nothing. I just got a notification. Just <gasps> edited out. So A notification. Wait, no, it's just a phone call. I'm trying to stop. Has it stopped? It's a okay, good. Right, you edit that out. Yeah, edit that out. I'm not editing now. That's staying in. It's part of the bloopers. Really. No, no, no. Everyone will feel the phone. No. Okay, so, um, well, it, it's so weird that Idris Elba is playing as Knuckles. Now, it, I can't remember Knuckles' voice Knuckles, is like. Knuckles, right. So, like, I don't remember what his voice is like, but Knuckles is the red one. So like obviously we've got Sonic Correct. and then Tails was at the end of Sonic One spoilers yeah. I guess and that vo- and that voice was spot on for that well that was, I think but... that was the same voice from the game was it yeah well, wow they, yeah. they did wow that's I, I'm genuinely impressed there well done they did an amazing um... impression of themselves <laughs> yeah uh, impression of themselves imagine like oh that reminds me of a uh, story a little bit sidetracked a little bit story so uh, Dolly Parton. She went to a contest for, you know, who can be as the best looking Dolly, Dolly party, you know, like cosplay and everything. Oh, yeah. And she lost it. <laughs> <laughs> really? Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So other yeah. people do Dolly Parton better than Dolly Parton. You heard it here mm-hmm. first, folks. Yeah. So now, Knuckles, uh, it's crazy. So I don't know how Idris is going to do this. I mean... Idris Elba's a great actor, so I mean, like, yes, we're just gonna yeah. have to wait and let the magic happen. Because it's it's so funny to me because he's been in a lot of serious stuff as well. Mm. Uh, but I, you know, you can saw that comical side in the Suicide Squad. You know? Oh yeah, he was great in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, he was great. He was amazing. So if you want to hear our thoughts uh, like, about Suicide Squad, you can check out last week's video. Ding. Oh yeah, and so and, and he's also been in TV shows like Luther. Mm. Uh, and all serious. He might be James Bond. I can't remember what other stuff he's been in, but... Um, probably 
Uh, was he in The Wire or something? I don't know. I don't know. But he... He was not sure. He is. So, he's a great actor. I'm looking forward to see how he's going to take on, on this... Uh, this wall. <laughs> this wall. Definitely. Yes. I, I, I want to see Shadow. I'm not going to lie. Shadow was always my favourite. So oh. I want to see them take on Shadow. I just think he looks really cool. I mean, that's yeah. it. I don't really know anything yeah. about him. He just Shadow, looks awesome. Shadow's... I, I, I can't argue with that. Shadow is obviously the cool character. Yeah. The better, he's, he's the edgy character. one. The edgy. They're the always edgy having one. a great time. Like, oh, wow, we're, we're collecting coins and having banter. And Shadow's just like... Shadow's the Batman, basically, of like the Sonic yeah. crew. Just like... I don't like any of that stuff. I gotta get them wings. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. That's right. That's yeah. right, folks. Cast us as Shadow in the next Sonic the Hedgehog. In Sonic oh. the Hedgehog 3. Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Yes. Yes. Cast us. <laughs> right. Uh, what's the next news, Tom? Move well, on, uh, move well on our next news <laughs> is a lot of Aircut stuff. Now, I don't know how much of this you saw, oh. but loads of stuff about the Aircut was uh, released. Released the Aircut was once again trending on Twitter. Trending the most ever. I don't know if you saw this, but pages of the screenplay were, were revealed uh, online. Oh. Have oh. you seen these? Oh, no. Well, I have been away, but... Yes, I'm you have. But, like, yeah, so, like, oh, of course, you don't have Twitter anymore. Well... Buckle in, my friend. Um, so Go they on, released loads of like different like um pages um from like the air cut with like different like stuff from Joker and Ooh. some Batman stuff, and even a leaked image of um Harley Quinn and Deadshot kissing because obviously in the original they were going to get together at the end. So oh, yeah. obviously you haven't seen this, so there's not really much to comment on. I must say it's very edgy. There's a lot of edgy stuff, you know. Um, Joker is very edgy indeed, but um, I think that I hope it'd be better than the original. That's all I can say, I guess. Um, but yeah, bec- obviously, this is the most that the release the air cut has ever trended. I think it had 50,000, uh, no, maybe 500,000 tweets. Do oh, you wow. think they should do the air cut? Well, obviously, because you know, we <laughs> yeah. want to see um, the full director's vision, you know. Mm. Um, we've been talking about this for you know the Snyder Cup. We've been talking mm. about um, uh, for this for, for months. So for me, watching you know the theatrical cut, you know everything that uh, I saw uh, for those two hours that I can't get back. Uh, yes, <laughs> uh, please do <laughs> release the yeah. Uh, AO if you want to, if you want to make John's time worthwhile, go and watch <laughs> our video on, uh, on, <laughs> on on Suicide Squad. I'm all about plugs yeah, today. You cannot right. I was I sounded so depressed on that um, podcast, you know, episode just yeah. talking about it's like what, what? I mean we can all agree it's a bad film. Um oh I think I think everyone and I would hope that the air cut would be better if they did release it. And David Ayer did say that it is basically release ready. So I mean you wouldn't have to Warner Brothers wouldn't have to spend as much money as they spent on the Snyder cut, just kind of yeah. clean up some of the TGI and get it straight out. I'd be up for it. Yeah, just get it out there. Yeah, let's do it. Know, Build, yeah, like, yeah. you know, fix those bridges. I mean, if, if the air cut releases and if it's good, I would argue there isn't a bad DC film since Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, but yeah. obviously that's just me. Um, our next piece of news. I know that this is one that, that you like. Um, oh. And I agree with you. Star Wars Visions oh. trailer. Oh. 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 oh my. <laughs> Listen, you cannot tell me this trailer is downright bad. 
Just, John, just... guess what, John? Guess what? What? This trailer is downright bad. No! Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, this is just beautiful. This it whole really thing, is. It, it's, it's a work of art, you know? It really is. It's cinema. It's, it's, it's cinema, yes. I, I don't watch a lot of anime. I mean, I'm trying to get into it, but no, uh, it, it looks amazing. Honestly, mm. like with the animation style, the one thing that I'm really excited for is the black and white one, the noir one. Mm. That oh, yeah. one looks insane. So this is uh, seven. This is seven different animation studios, anime studios. I don't have the names on hand, but these are all different people who've done different like anime animes. Um, and and I think you can see that they're all like slightly different styles, and they all have different like you know both canon and non-canon stories. There's some really wacky thing like this person has like a like a like a stick with like lightsabers that spin on it like it, it there's some really like cool and interesting stuff that i think like you wouldn't be able to get away with in like a regular star wars show or film yeah and it's just it looks so cool it it okay just like imagine like a few years ago like before you know people got into anime just say mm. Mm, star wars anime and everyone just go crazy on you just like what how can you how can you do that so now like a lot of people you know embraced anime you know in in certain style or whatever and you know this whole thing is not canon this whole star wars mm. vision i think that's but, amazing that's i think that's a that's a that's yes, a benefit that's the beauty of it that's the beauty mm, of it because definitely. they can do whatever they want and just go yeah, this is my vision. This is what, you know, Star Wars is supposed to be. You know, this is going to be uh, really interesting. You know, what the, sta- the, the style they're going to take on. I yeah, mean, it, it, it's the one what... where, um, sorry, the one where um, uh, the woman, you know, gets the saber and then she gets six arms. That, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. It's like, they can like show this is what we think Star Wars is, but you don't have to agree because it doesn't have to matter, you know? And that's what I think you know that's the same mentality that you that people should be bringing to all of star wars you know and like just like like you know watch what you like and just don't bother about stuff you don't it doesn't all have to matter and i think exactly that this show like it's mad that i did not care about star wars visions at all you know if you've heard us talking oh, about star wars oh, visions in the podcast oh. we weren't that bothered and then the trailer came out and it was like oh my god amazing uh like it, i need to talk about the animation because you know it it just looks so pleasing to watch uh, the it animation. And if you have the Japanese dub mm. as well, that would also make the um, viewing experience more immersive because, you know, it's all like Japanese uh, and Star Wars, you know, mm. like, you know, it's so cool to watch. It is. I mean, uh, Star Wars is based off Akira Kurosawa films. Things like Seven Samurai films that oh, were originally in yep. Japanese and in black and white. So, like you know, like obviously Star Wars has many inspirations, but like that's one of the big ones that George Lucas loved. So, you know, like you get so many like really cool things just from like you know this one oh, show that's kind circle. of bringing. Th- it is a full circle, exactly. I was just about to say that. You know, it 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 feels good, and I'm excited. I really am. Yeah, and if they are. Oh. If it turns out really good, you know, like with story, you know, whatever, and then the audience goes for it, I hope they make another one. Like, oh, yeah. with all the different stories. Definitely. And, oh. There's limitless possibilities. There really are. They could bring back the same anime studios, bring in new anime studios. There's loads of things. That'd be great. I'm in. Yeah. And, you totally know, in. 
I, I, I'm so excited. When is it coming out? Mm. Uh, so it's coming out on the 22nd of September. Yes, 22nd no, of September. I have to go through pain. <laughs> yeah. I have to go through pain. One month and one day from when we're recording ah. this. Um, but don't worry, guys. We will be covering episode one at the very least on the podcast, episode 57. Uh, thank thank uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage for being delayed for that one. Um, but yes, yeah. uh, another piece of news. We got yes. a trailer, John. We got oh. a trailer. Oh, we've we been got waiting a trailer. for for a while. Marvel finally oh gave us a trailer that we've oh been waiting God. for. John, we got the oh Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. I can't believe no it. No way. Yeah, it's a, totally Wait. right. Wait. Oh, what? Um, Tom. Wait. Yeah. Just, just, Wait. just scroll back on YouTube. Just scroll I, I back. Yeah, okay. Um. Um. um uh, just... Wait. Is it? it, it oh. Eternals. John, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no! Yes, they released it. We all wanted a No Way Home trailer, but they released yes. an Eternals trailer for some reason. I don't know why. Why? Um, but I guess it's because we're like three months away at this point. Wait. Yeah. yeah. Three months. I don't get this. Like, oh, wait, apparently... The Matrix 4, sorry, The Matrix 4 is supposed to be coming out in December. Yeah, right? The Matrix is supposed to be coming out in December. Spider-Man is supposed to be coming out in December. Neither of them have had any marketing. And I'm genuinely worried about these films because, you know, mm. it, it, I, I feel like the people just, hmm, if we don't release the trailers, the people will come to see them. <laughs> Actually, that's what well, you marketing, actually. Here's, here's my know. theory. I think... Because obviously there's loads of rumors and reports that Tom Holland Spider-Man's going to be in Venom 2. My my theory is that they that they want to wait until Venom 2 is released before they show the trailer, which is becoming less and less doable because Venom 2 has been delayed. But maybe Spider-Man uh, No Way Home will be delayed. But anyway, let's talk about the actual Eternals trailer. What do you think? Yes. Um, th- this one gave us more, you know, ideas of you know what the Eternals are. Yes. And Superman. Uh, Yes, Superman. Superman's Icarus it, is basically Superman. Uh, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's that's Superman. <laughs> Icarus? Yeah, that's his name. Icarus, yeah. uh, the guy. Uh, and I was like, oh, did, when when was the Eternals created again? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Eternals is such a strange one because it's such a like obscure like Marvel team. Like, you know, they haven't had that much going on with them. And then, like, you know, Kevin Feige's like, let's do this one. And it's like, okay, I guess. Like, cool. I mean, I think the trailer looks pretty good. There's some really nice shots in there. It it seems interesting. But there's a lot of, like, MCU stuff, if that makes sense. There's a lot of, like, oh, it's it's in the MCU, by the way. Like, oh, let's reference Thanos. Let's reference the Snap. Let's reference Vibranium. Let's reference the Avengers. Like, remind remind everyone watching the trailer, oh, this is the MCU. You should come and watch it, you know? Yeah, that's that's really cool, uh, but I felt like it. It was it was it was weird, you know, seeing Icarus, you know, being that Superman. Side <laughs> yeah, of I feel like everyone's kind of like thinking that there's definitely parallels there. Um, yeah, just hope that and, people don't run with that and start saying, "Oh, Icarus is a better Superman than Superman." Superman people are already yeah. people are already comparing Angelina Jolie's character to Wonder Woman. I don't even know what her name really? is. It's like Athena or something. Uh, yeah, they're already compared because they like both have like similar tiaras, and and it's just like you don't need to compare them. You really don't, you know. Like, 
<laughs> they you can know, both be cool. With the aesthetic and, you know, the, the tiaras and, you know, with the... With the <laughs> no, they both have tiaras, so therefore they are the same. Uh, uh, so... I, I was like, oh, that's really cool because you know it gave us more exposition. You know what, why mm. they're here, what they do, yeah. uh, and they gave us this huge celestial. Yeah, why haven't they stepped in before now? Because Kevin Feige said so. Oh, and uh, and uh, what else? It gave us more insight to what the characters, you know, what the mm. what the powers are. Yeah, I mean, we saw more of Icarus flying. Mm. Yeah, uh, we got a lot of Icarus. I feel like that's like the main kind of thing we got. But we did get some stuff from the Deviants, the villains. And I have to say, I think they look a bit boring. They look a bit like, you know, general grey CGI villains. And obviously Marvel have done a CGI villain very well, obviously with Thanos. But this CGI doesn't look anywhere near as good or polished. And there's nothing about them that make me think, oh, yeah, this is a great villain. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously and, that makes sense. It's just a trailer, about... but... I'm a bit confused, you know, the villain, because I thought, oh, is it is it going to be like, you know, an important villain or, you know, is it going to be that one of those throwaway villains? Yeah, it's and no one like... that I've ever heard of. Um, but I mean, in fairness, phase four at the moment, they haven't had the best villains, you know, it like, yeah. like Taskmaster sucked, Agatha sucked. Dracov sucks. Oh, don't remind me of Tess, Max. Carly was fine. You know, bloody John Walker was fine. Like, I think all of these villains have had good ideas, but haven't really been executed very well. So I'm interested to see how they do the Mandarin in Shang-Chi. Um, and then, obviously, um, how they do uh, the Deviants, as I say. And obviously how they do the Sinister Six in No Way Home. So, like, maybe... Yeah. Like, you know, because Marvel has always had a villain problem a little bit. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see them kind of, yeah, do some good stuff and hopefully move forward from having villains. Because Loki doesn't have a villain. Not really. No true antagonist. So I hope that, you know, they... But, you know, Loki was more experimental and, you know, more mm, crazy. Because, you know, it's going to be that huge uh, puzzle. No, key to the puzzle, you know, for the phase four. You know, it's going to be, oh, my God, really? It's going to be like this? All right. Yes. So... We're in for a ride. Yeah, so. exactly. We are in for a ride. Um, speaking of rides, see my segue here. I'm just, I'm loving it. Uh, oh, um, oh. Let's 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 begin and let's talk about Bad Batch. Oh wait, wait, wait. There's the most important news. Wait, oh. wait, wait. Oh. Kevin Feige said, "Oh there yes, will be a trailer before the film comes out." <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. So proud oh, of you, you, man. Thank you, Kevin Feige. Yeah, honest, thank you for honestly, the little details. Like, who would have thank known that we would have had a Spider-Man trailer? Like, wow. Oh, well, my like, God. The only thing you can tell me is that we you can find been... Jabba at Jabba's palace. Wow, great. Wow. We could have been, you know, so distraught. But thank God we got those details. Oh, Kevin, thank, what would we do without thank you? Thank God for Kevin Feige. Am I right? You oh, <laughs> literally said that. I can't believe him. Honestly, it's <laughs> just like, oh, let's... Let's move on. Let's talk, let's talk yeah, about Yeah, let's just let's just get let's get on. Let's just talk. Right. So last time we t- we talked about Bad Batch, um, quite a while ago, just as Loki season one uh, started, it was episode seven, uh, of Bad Batch, which was I believe. Oh, that was ages ago. I oh believe my God. that was uh, the episode where they reunite with Rex. Um, let me I just go back so. to the yes no. Episode seven was Bowel Scars. Yeah, that, that's uh, where they I, uh, reunite with with Rex. They did. Yes, yes, I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's think about this. The whole season, 
What did you think? Uh, wow. <laughs> um, this was, you know, uh, well, I can't say different because I haven't, you know, fully experienced it. Mm. Clone Wars. Yeah. But it it was intriguing because we got a lot, uh, we got a lot to learn about, you know, more about the characters throughout this whole um, entire season, you know. Wait, are we talking about hmm? this whole season? One yeah. season? Let, one go? Let, let, let's, let's go whole season. Um, yeah, let's go whole season. It's been a while since we discussed the other episodes. I think what, right. what was becoming kind of um, obvious when we were doing it weekly was that the episodes weren't really doing much for us. It was kind of like, yeah, okay, so here's I a cameo, agree. you know, whether it's Cutler Queen, whether it's, you know, like the Rancor from episode six or, you know, whatever. Oh, the Rancor. I forgot about the Rancor. <laughs> that was probably the worst episode of the season, if I'm going to be honest. Um, I agree. And they wouldn't, you know, I think the best bits were where they expanded on the law. They talked about like the, the Empire and the transition from, uh, you know, clone troopers to stormtroopers. That stuff was really interesting. And I think that throughout the rest of the season, it got better. Like each week was more consistent. However, uh, yeah, I think I still think that. I think that the best parts of the show were when they were expanding the law, talking about the Empire and their transition. Mm. And I don't, think and they, was, I don't think it was as good with the characters. Yeah. Uh, but there was really good moments that I, I really liked mm. as well, especially the uh, episode where uh, Omega had to escape from Bane. And oh, yes. oh, yes. I mean, that was... Oh. Like he's on he's on the thumbnail. Cad Bane, what a reveal! I don't know. Did you meet? Did you watch any any Clone Wars of Cad Bane in it? Uh, well, I can remember that from early days of Cartoon Network. Mm. I mean, like watching the Clone Wars there, I was like, wow, yeah. that's, that's well, we haven't character. seen Cad Bane since twenty twelve in in Clone Wars season really? four. Yeah, it's been it's wow. been it's been nine years which is crazy and i screamed when i saw him that was like, the coolest reveal he came and he was so cool the music was amazing this kind of western twang you know like oh yeah just point blank shot hunt- oh, spoilers by the way for everything um oh uh, uh spo- spoilers definitely spo- spoilers yes um he cool yeah he like totally you know like just shot hunter point blank which i thought was a great way to assert his dominance he has a new look as well the look yeah. in um that he was gonna have in season seven of the clone wars um before they cancelled it and then brought it back um he even has a really fun detail they've released this uh this animatic um of like unfinished episode where cad bane and boba fett have a a, a standoff right and they both oh, shoot yeah. each other and that's how Boba Fett gets the dent in his helmet. Oh. Because Cad Bane shoots him. And if you look, and in the Bad Batch, when Cad Bane takes off his his um, his hat, he has a metal plate on his head from where Boba Fett shot him. I think that's a really, really cool detail. I, I really like really that. That's a really cool detail. Yeah, oh, definitely. Okay. I thought that was yeah. really, really fun. Um, yeah, like stuff right, like but... that. I, I thought like when done right, I thought some of the cameos in this show were really, really... Um, you know, just like in the Mandalorian, they did well to further the story yeah. and some of the like character Hauser. stuff. 
Oh, yeah. Hauser. Hauser is my favorite person ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, just immediately. Like, he wasn't oh. in the Clone Wars <laughs> or anything. He, but he is now my favorite. Like, he was, <laughs> he was great. Like, there, there were just some amazing things. But I think on the other hand, there were also some characters that I think were kind of just thrown in there for the sake of it. You know? Yeah. Like, like there wasn't... Yeah, go on. Um, like the uh, I forgot the that the twins that everyone twins. hated in season seven. <laughs> yeah, no. the Martez sisters. Like ah, yes, the sisters. It was it, they, it, they it, it did feel back. a bit just like oh, okay, like why are these people here? Like it doesn't really feel uh, uh, I, exactly. That's how I feel. Like you mm. go into a party, and then you <laughs> see that guy. And Wait, sorry, you go to parties? Go. Sorry, what? No, I don't go to parties. <laughs> That's just like a random scenario that you think mm. about well i mean anyway uh, there, there, there yeah. is like a criticism for like star wars in general that it feels very much like a small galaxy and i understand that like in one yes. season the bad batch meets three members of the ghost in rebels three of the main characters in rebels they yeah. also meet like three like important clone troopers they also meet mm. the martez sisters and the rancor from jabba's palace and cad bane like there are some really cool like cameos in there but like it did feel after a while like like it was just being like okay what are the odds that the same bad batch would meet all these people exactly and i feel like you know with the story i don't think it really impacted the story as much i mean apart no. from you know the whole fennec and uh, mm. uh being in, you know i feel yeah. like it, it wasn't important that it was them it could have been anyone most of the time yeah you know, like, exactly. it was cool to see these characters back but you didn't have to have it be you know x y and z it could have been yeah i feel ABC. like you see oh wait you see uh <laughs> and with with the cameos exactly you know they're they, they're thrown in for fun but i feel like um the whole uh season you know could have centered on you know the integral uh, parts of the characters, you know, Hunter, Tech, and you know, Wrecker, you know, why mm. are why are the uh, the clone nine in uh, squad ninety nine, and you know why they go through all of this, and what yeah. makes them well, the bad batch? Let's talk about that. I think that there was a lot of missing character development in yeah the bad yeah. batch. I think, funnily enough, the character who goes through the most development is Omega. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we see her, you know, from beginning, she doesn't work or cooperate with the uh, bad mm. batch, and then she slowly uh, grows well, grows independent, yeah, and yeah, she becomes weapons. part of the team and you know, kind of yeah, like but... bonds with everyone. But here's the thing she only really bonds with Hunter and Wrecker, and not Tech, and um. <laughs> Come on, you gotta remember uh, everyone's oh, no. favorite. Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Echo. 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 Now that's yes. the most disappointing thing. Echo. I'm so sorry. Why is Echo there? Honestly. Uh, exactly. Why I, are I, you there, mate? I love Echo so much in the Clone Wars. He's the clone that we followed the longest at this point, other than Rex. You know, he's gone through so much, but he gets maybe three moments of like character in the whole show. I I and just him... don't see the point why he's there. Well, you said exactly. you know. I feel like he's there for you know. Okay, we we gotta do this. Oh, 
okay, we gotta do this. Oh, yeah, him and him got- and him and Tech are the same character, basically. You know, yeah, like, they are. There's barely anything that separates them in terms of their characters. You know, like there are three moments that I really liked of Echo, and two of them are in the first episode. <laughs> As we spoke about when the first episode aired, there's a great moment where Echo wakes up and sees that he's connected to all like the electronics and he freaks out because he's got PTSD after what happened to him in the Clone Wars. You know, there's a bit where he sees Tarkin and he gets PTSD because that's when he, that's when like he almost died. I thought that was going to be like Echo's story that he would have to deal with what's happened to him over the war. Nope. He says one thing about it and it's in the third to last episode. It, it feels like such a waste of, of such an yeah. interesting character. I feel like it's all a waste. Like all the Bad Batch are so underdeveloped. It's painful. Uh, yeah, I feel like sometimes the situations, I wish there was more scenes, you know, with the Bad Batch uh, interacting with Omega or, you know, the the sole reason why they mm. are the Bad Batch. And yeah, uh, it's like um, immediately they 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 start like shooting their own brothers and it's like, oh, yeah. wait, so you don't even care that you're just killing your brothers here. Like, they, they really have, like, they don't explore any of those things. And there's a good three or four episodes that you could take out and replace with some really solid character development, you know? Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, with the first two, and then you've got the... What? I don't know what character development happened in the middle. And then the end, the last two episodes. Yeah, there's, like, a big know. chunk of, like, of character development at the beginning of the end. I think... One of the characters who has the most consistent character developments, even though he's not in the full thing, is Crosshair. Yeah, Crosshair. He was he was an interesting character because Definitely. you know he uh, betrayed the Bad Batch, yeah, and also uh, you know cooperated with the Empire. You know how mm. you know they did all the stuff and responded to those situations as well. And I thought oh, that's 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 called character. And then Definitely. at the end, it was a Oof. shocker at the end yeah uh, the the ending i would say the the penultimate episode episode 15 was one of the best episodes of the season how they yes. say to crosshair you know like they say what the audience is thinking you know they're like you know like this isn't you you've you, you've got your chip you know the empire is is bad and then he's like no my chip was removed <laughs> and then it's like yeah. it's like what like this guy what? is like doing this now because of he feels his own sense of duty and because he feels betrayed by the batch because they never went came back for him they never tried to save him you know like hunter gets kidnapped and immediately they tried to save him it's interesting about the whole season and one of the reasons why i could defend the filler episodes of you know what what is kind of filler and what kind of isn't filler is they spend all this time helping random people right helping the galaxy but they never help their own brother. They never help Crosshair, who they've gone on so many missions with. They never go back yeah. for him. They just leave him. And it's it's heartbreaking. It really is. Um, Yeah, and I, I can agree with that as well. And I wish, you know, uh, there was, like, more emotional connection with mm. the Bad Batch. I feel like it was a, a bit less. You know, I mean, you can see that emotional connection with Hunter and Omega and then Wrecker and that. And you just don't have any... Any emotional moments with them until like the last two episodes? Well, with two characters, I don't know, but uh, I just thought there was a there was a lot missing. Indeed, there was a lot missing. Definitely, that wasn't 
uh, working for it. So. I agree. You know what I think was really good with 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 character development. The ep- the two episodes with Hauser in it, I thought they oh, yeah. actually were really really good. Um, basically they go to Ryloth, and it's kind of a continuation of in the Clone Wars. There is an arc where the Republic help liberate Ryloth, and then now you see that now that they are with the Republic and the Republic's become the Empire, they are now struggling with the facts especially Cham Syndulla who is a freedom fighter he's struggling with the fact that you know the empire are now becoming tyrants and exactly what you know he didn't want them to become and I think it was a really interesting episode of watching the empire tighten their fist over this planet and the planet Mm. you know not knowing whether to fight back and whether it's worth it after all the years of war or whether they should you know like bow down to the empire i thought that was so cool and made even better by my main man hauser let's talk about hauser for a little bit shall we yeah hauser oh he's a really really good character that he's a, i really he's like a t- he's a top lad <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I, 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 uh, yeah and there was like a, a cool detail about the inhibitor chip about um with Hauser as well, like throughout the episode, you can see there were, um, I don't know, it, I just found it on a YouTube short about Hauser with the inhibitor chip. You know, he was behaving a bit differently towards other people yeah. with the inhibitor chip as well. And I yeah, thought that's he, a good he, he's He's clearly managed to kind of like break through his chip. And you see that just by his design. He is a clone trooper who doesn't who his he's removed his helmet he's got a different haircut he's got like he's still got like his painting on his armor he hasn't just become a lifeless sim and i think that's really really cool um to show that you know not all of them are lost and one of my favorite moments of the season is, is where hauser stands up in front of his brothers and he says guys this isn't what you know this is this isn't what we're supposed to be doing this isn't what we're made for you've become you know, the very you've become the very thing you swore to destroy, as everyone says it himself. You know, this isn't right. And You're just like helping these people like take over, and and you you've become like a an agent of fear, and you're not you're no longer helping people like you should be. Yeah, and I and I really like that as well because um, he he was like the moral support for the for the group. You know that it really challenged the uh, bad batch uh ideology you know yeah. it was like oh wow okay this well, is it's, it's it's another reason why you know the bad batch never go back for crosshair but then we see hauser this clone just standing up for a load of people who you know he doesn't have to stand up for he could just escape just like the rest of the bad batch but no he's he's standing up and he says to you know the other clones this is wrong and you know it and even some of them agree with him yeah and you know I, I thought that Hauser, again, he's like the best character in the show. You know, <laughs> he really he's is. the one, you know, the angel on your left, mm. you know, just making sure that everything's going smoothly, you know. In, in two episodes, yeah. Hauser has a more clearly defined character and more clearly defined, you know, like character traits and development than any of the Bad Batch. And that kind of makes me sad. Like, I feel like he should, you know, like the Bad Batch should, you know, be the first priority. Yeah, and I wish there was a lot more stuff with Hauser because I, I that no, I think Hauser should be replaced Echo because you know he's a more interesting character. Mm. I hope we see him again. I think that would be great. 
Um, yeah. I think there's more story yeah. to tell with a lot of these things. One of my one of my favorite things is when they when they find out about the TK stormtroopers in episode fourteen. They go to this base and they um, they find that um, clone commandos have been training new um, stormtroopers. Yeah, which I think is really really interesting. Um, not only do they bring back one of the um, clone commandos from the video game which i think is a really nice connection but like they have like new armor which is like in between a clone trooper and a stormtrooper and is from ralph Macquarie's original star wars concept art which i think is really really fun yeah in uh what battlefront 2 or battlefront wait no wait no fallen order wait and i'm getting mixed up with video <laughs> with star wars wait uh republic uh... commando oh yeah republic yeah uh, it's the legends one now it's not canon anymore but they have turned up in the clone wars and now and now one of them turned up in bad batch so i think that they are canon. Uh, i don't know how much of it is canon but um yeah like that that, that's some really like nice little details and seeing again seeing the transition i loved the end of episode 15 when the empire shoots camino oh yes that was so haunting you know, watching oh. this like operatic moment where Crosshair is insistent upon the fact that the Empire, you know, can help people and that they aren't, aren't that bad. And then they shoot the very place that they used to call home. And there's this really, really nice series of shots where you see the empty mess hall and the empty corridors and the empty um, like birthing, birthing chambers. It's really like poetic because it's the end of an era, you oh, know? Yeah. And like, you know that's I, it. And I saw in the comments of the the highlights of the episodes. Like, oh yeah, this is really cool shots. And I saw the comments, and like this is like saying goodbye to Camino. It was haunting. You it know, is. it was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow. It really okay. feels like this show is properly closing the book on the Clone Wars. And as the Empire did, it's pushing out what we knew and what we loved, and now replacing it with terror. And, you know, like the order and security the Empire has, which isn't order and security. It's as Galen Ursa says, you're confusing uh, peace with terror. You know, it, it, mm. I think I think that's really, really cool. And the strongest part of the season, I would say, is that. Yeah, I agree as well. Just, you know, I mean, it, it's really good. You know, last stupid episodes and the whole plot twist of uh, Omega uh, you know, seeing mm. the Bad Batch, you know, from the beginning. Yes. Like when they were created. And Omega she's older. Is a, yeah, she's an exact, she's an exact DNA replica of, of, of Jango Fett. Like Boba Fett, who they call Alpha, um, she is an exact replica. I think that they might, you know, meet one day. But I think that's really interesting. You know, th- this, yeah. what we have here is... A lot of stuff about cloning, and now I wanted. To, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you uh, some some stuff, some theories, some stories. Right. So obviously, we have some cloning stuff in the Mandalorian, right? Yes. Yes. And we have the clone of Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to me- I make you remember that, but that uh, did happen. Uh, <laughs> um. And then obviously we've got loads of cloning stuff in this. And at the end of the show, the final thing we see is. Nala Say, one of the um, Kaminoan science, uh, cloners, being brought to an Imperial facility, right? Now, this yes. facility 
in Legends was, so they released some concept art and they named it. And it's the same place as where the original Thrawn trilogy in, in Star Wars Legends took place. Now in the Thrawn trilogy, this is where oh. Admiral Thrawn took over, Grand Admiral Thrawn took over the, the, the Empire and was like leading it like in the, from the unknown regions with like, and he had like a clone of Luke and it was all mad. But Thrawn was in Rebels, right? And yes, Ahsoka's looking for him in the Mandalorian. So, so a lot of people are thinking that Bad Batch is going to be, is helping to set up the events of the, of the Mandalorian and the Ahsoka show where Thrawn reemerges with a huge fleet and they, and they have to deal with the final remnants of the Empire, which I think is so cool. It's, it, makes it, so cool. it makes it so rewarding to be a Star Wars fan who watches it all, you know? Oh, imagine you see the Bad Batch in the Mandalorian. Ooh, that's interesting. That would I be mean, interesting. They have Tamara Morrison, um, obviously, as Boba Fett. So they could bring the Bad Batch in, bring Rex in. Um, it's possible. But I don't know. I mean, do you think they survive? Because they're nowhere to be seen when it comes to... Um, when we go past uh, the original trilogy yeah so like i don't know if they survive i think it's it, it's interesting because they're still fugitives by the end they're not like they haven't like fully escaped the empire and i mean we've got season two on the way so... we do have season two on the way that's that that's going to be that's going to be great i mean next next year i think i said it last week next year is going to be quite the year for star wars we got bad batch season two we've got the end of book of overhead we've got mandalorian season three we've got um Andor and Kenobi possibly, so like a lot of cool stuff coming. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's. Uh, is there anything else to talk about? Um, I think like a small thing. I loved the score. I thought the score was great. Oh, Omega's yeah, theme the score is, is great. A, a beautiful piece of music. Any everyone should listen to it. It's absolutely brilliant. Um and. I, there were some really nice like connections to other Star Wars things, like they used some of like the the Imperial cues from A New Hope and some of the stuff from Camino in Episode Two. I thought that was all like really really well handled. And Kevin Kiner again proves himself to just be a genius um, as a as a composer. So yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Anything else you have to say before we give our um, our, uh, our I final mean, score? I love the animation. I oh, the, the animation is beautiful. Like, yeah, the animation is really good. Um, yeah, a step up, a massive step up as mm. well. Uh, and I thought the show was, you know, uh, really good to, you know, explore more of the Bad Batch, you know, what they do. Uh, but there was a lot missing. So, mm. yeah. So, what would you give it out of 10? Uh, six or seven. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go seven. Uh, I, I really liked it. Um, obviously, there are big caps in character, but I think there is, there's a lot to love. As we, as we said, you know, the law expanding upon all that is great. There are some really good characters, even though the main characters aren't as good. I do think that out of all the opening seasons for a Star Wars show, you know, animated show, should I say, Clone Wars Season 1, Rebel Season 1, and Resistance Season 1, I think the Bad Batch Season 1 might be the best of all of them which I think is really, really good that they are getting better. Um, well, not necessarily getting better, but like that they are, you know, consistently good. But Bad Batch, I think, is really strong foundations. And if Star Wars animated shows have taught us anything, is that they'll only get better with time. Mm, yeah, yeah. Obviously, because, you know, uh, 
it's getting it, it it's it's weird like from beginning they go okay we can do this and then it just comes out as really good as later on so mm. oh yeah like shows like always you know like have to find themselves and kind of like find their footing and know exactly what they want to be and i feel like the bad batch already has a good grip on that just needs to refine some of those finer points um would you like longer episodes next season yes mm. yeah that's one thing that i definitely think 40 minute episodes would be cool i'd, I'd, I'd yeah. really appreciate that because i feel like that would give us more time you know to digest more of the characters you know what, what they're trying to do i do love episode. digesting characters that sounds yeah. weird <laughs> <laughs> that's very weird i'm gonna move no, us on no, to, di- to digest character development there we go that, there we oh go. yeah okay <laughs> uh, i'm not eating that, them i'm not can- that uh, could have been a, that could have been issued uh, as Willy wonka said that is called cannibalism dear children and it's frowned upon in most societies um let's move on now to the weekly viewing so i'll let i'll let you uh, start off what have you uh what have you been watching uh so first off I have been watching a film called L.A. Confidential. Ooh, okay. I've heard so, of this one, but I don't know much about uh, it. Stars, uh, Guy Pearce, uh, Russell Crowe. Wait, Guy Pearce, do you mean the Mandarin? Uh, the Mandarin. The Mandarin. Um, and the... Uh, uh, who else? Oh, Kevin Spacey. Oh. oh. But despite... Uh, Watching Kevin Spacey. The oh, no, great. I'm sad. Uh, oh, good. I'm glad it's good, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, just I just wanted to ignore, you know, just not the actor. Yes, forget because, the, forget I mean, I mean the character in this one for Kevin, this this one, uh, he, he was a bit left out. I, I, there was no okay, any emotional. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. But for Guy Pearce and Russell Crowe's character, I thought... Um, it was really cool. Um, uh, uh, so this film, I think it's based on a true story, I think, or okay. not, if I'm wrong. So uh, this is uh, a story about uh, this whole corrupted police force. And uh, it involves uh, Guy Pierce. Um, I have to get the characters up because I'm watching the film for a couple of days. Uh, right, so uh, LA Confidential. So it follows on this detective who's trying to bring back order and peace in this uh, corrupted uh, police force, but things go a bit wrong. Um, so, like, um, they're being relying on this detective to solve this crime. Uh, but uh, a lot of people don't like um, Guy Pearce's uh, character in this film. Uh, so uh, let me just get the characters. Uh, so we've got, yeah, uh, Edmund. So Edmund uh, J. Uxley. Uh, Exley, yeah, Jamie. <laughs> Exley sounds like Exley Ex- from, um, from The Kingsman. Oh, yes, Exley. my guy. Eggy. 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 Uh, so, um, with, um, with the whole story about that, uh, uh, revolve uh, around him. And, but then, uh, there's been a hit on, like, the top police officers, uh, of chief officers in the police force. And people are trying to find out who's been killing them. And, uh, things go 
as I said, wrong. So, yeah. Oh, and, no. and there's a lot of tensions with um, Guy Pierce Carrots and Russell Crowe uh, as well. Uh, but Danny DeVito's in it. Oh, damn, my guy. You know, recently Twitter removed his verification because yeah. he would like... I, I, he, he was like, like promoting the welfare of workers' rights or something. Yeah, like, dude, Stanley Devito, oh. my guy, he's writing a Penguin comic. Why the hell not? Uh. Oh yeah, he's writing it. Yeah, good yeah, for you, Stanley so... Devito. Good for you. Yeah. Um. So it's really good. Um. Because it's it's noir, and I like noir as well. Uh. Mm. And I actually uh... watched a noir at the cinema today. Oh, yeah. Reminiscence. Oh. I'll talk about it next week. Oh, wait, you watch Reminiscence? I watch Reminiscence. Well, I, I need to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it when we record our Tenet one. Don't you worry. But I've okay. got something better to talk about this week. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see Reminiscence. Um, is it good? Uh, it's fine. Uh, okay. It, uh, it's no, good. Uh, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and uh, and I really like the characters in this one apart from Kevin Spacey because the character wasn't really that important. Yeah, I don't know why it was that one there. I, I just feel like I guess we should be it, glad it, it, it didn't it, it didn't really push anything to the story. But mm. Russell Crowe's character and uh, Guy Pearce and Guy Pearce in this one it was really, really good. This one as got well. Scott loves some Guy Pearce. Ah. Oh. Yeah, especially like in Memento. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, you know, Guy Guy Pearce, Guy Pearce, Guy Pearce's best film is probably Bloodshot. <laughs> you know Bloodshot, the Vin Diesel film? Yeah, yeah, the Bloodshot it's film an, an that absolute, came out in 2020. Masterpiece, absolute masterpiece. Are you kidding? I am kidding, yes, please. Don't, don't hurt Good. me. It's, it's bad. It's real bad. I'm sorry. Oh, Worst John, everyone's coming this. for me. The worst thing about this film, uh, Bloodshot, sorry, is mm. he doesn't. Vin Diesel say doesn't say family. So. How, do you, how do you know, John? <laughs> Maybe it's all just family. Maybe it's just Vin Diesel every time Maybe someone asks him a question. Like, who the hell are you, family? Hey, Vin, what would you like on your sandwich? Family. He just says family. The whole thing. It's true. <laughs> uh, what do you want? Uh, what do you want for? Uh, what What do you like about this meat, family? Um, <laughs> of course. No, no. Do you want it, Do you want meat. it tender? Family, like it rare. Family. I'm sorry. I don't know what I do in that situation. Someone just said family to me. I think I just think that they were kooky, but or part of a gang member or something. Yeah, yeah, a gang where you're only allowed to say family. 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 Imagine, imagine like, um, someone just knocks onto your door and just goes family. Uh, what? You think I don't really know if you remember, family? but there was an amazing uh, Fast and Furious reference in Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yes, that was brilliant. Yes. And, and he was like, I feel like I'm in Fast and Furious, it's all about family time. And it was, it was amazing. <laughs> That's actually a really good joke. I definitely I, I give him credit. I give him credit. So, uh, oh, yes, LA Confidential. Sorry, we just got sidetracked there for that. sidetracked by uh, family, uh, directed by family. Yes, <laughs> um, uh, and I really like the score. Uh, it was good, and the characters as well, apart from them. Uh, so uh, <laughs> every time it's like, I like this, apart from Kevin Spacey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it didn't really push anything to the story. Uh, yeah. And uh, this, yeah, the soundtrack. Um, 
and the sets and the mise en scène, it just really felt you're watching a, a noir film and mm. uh, and the plot. Uh, uh, yeah, the story and synopsis. I really like the the story of um of this, and it's just like really simple and really intriguing as well. Uh, and it it doesn't bore you with anything as well. Uh, but sometimes with with the dialogue, it could go over your head, and sometimes you feel a bit overwhelmed. You're like, oh wait, what, what what just happened? And then sometimes it just just goes over some stuff and just glosses things, and you just go, oh. Okay, so yeah, um, but the film was good. I I really liked it. Great. And apparently, let me check my list. Let me check my bucket list. So the hundred movies bucket list. Mm. If L.A. Confidential is here, I have lost faith in this um, hundred movies list. If uh, it is there, if it isn't there, uh, I hope it's not there. Uh, Oh, Departed! I need to watch that. Uh, Psycho, oh. American Psycho. Psycho's good. Hello, in Arabia. Seven. Star Wars. Star Wars is pretty good. Um, Stand by me. Uh, Casablanca, Scarface, yeah, Old Boy, Snatch, yeah, no, Three uh, Idiots. Uh, 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 too many. Okay. I can't keep up. Okay. Is it there? It's not. Good. 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 Okay. Good. Yeah. Because it's it doesn't deserve to be. Um, uh, it's not a it's not a ten out of ten. It's what not would a you, bucket list. What would you what would, what would you rate it? Okay, so now for my rating for uh, LA Confidential, I would give it seven or an eight. Well, seven. Well, decent. six. Three, yeah, seven. Decent. Seven. Pretty cool. It, it's decent to watch. I thought it was good. Uh, but yeah, that was great to watch. And uh, good to watch. Anyway, Tom. Tell us. Well, sometimes at the cinema that we go to, Cineworld, people who have an unlimited card, like myself, get to do these things called secret screenings. Very exciting. We go in and we don't know what the film's going to be. In the past, I've had Le Mans 66, Blinded by the Light, Crawl. It could be anything, good or bad. This time, I spent the whole time discussing with my dad, what's it going to be? Is it going to be... You know, it could be Bond. That would be cool. Could be Reminiscence. That would be great. I mean, imagine if it was like Last Night in Soho or French Dispatch. Could even be Shang-Chi. We were so, we didn't know what it was going to be. And what was it? You guessed it. You probably didn't guess it, but it was Free Guy. Oh, it was oh. Free Guy, John. And oh. I have to say, oh. I have oh, to tell I you, you. I feel sorry for you. This film was bad. Like, real bad. Like, I, I feel pain in everything. I, yeah, you watched it, was, it. Oh my god, it was bad. We watched Did it the whole way through. Screening. I, I, I'm sorry. Can we just take a step back before we just talk about Fall Guy? The advanced screenings. You said you said the, you said Fall out Guy. of those films. Uh, yeah, Fall they, Guy. They didn't even uh, for, Free not Guy, Fall not Fall Guy. The title even is that bad. Free I guy, wish. Fall... I wish it was Fall Guy. Okay, basically, Free Guy. Pretty simple. It's about an NPC in a video game who gains consciousness. It was bad. It was just like painfully generic. <laughs> the characters were like really flat. None of them like multi-layered. Like, okay. Uh, the only like yeah. the only one who like it makes sense that he's flat would be Guy, the, the NPC. But even then, the flatness, they try to make it layered, but it doesn't really work. Every character is so flat and so boring. The comedy 
isn't funny. I barely laughed because it was just so like sanitized and boring and it, it was just like simple gags you know which can work sometimes but it didn't work they made taika watiti unfunny i don't even know how that's possible what but i didn't laugh at taika watiti and he's like the funniest man on, on alert they, alive they made him funny i don't even know how it's possible but they did uh, what I'm, I'm not gonna see this film <laughs> yeah oh, no. good choice because it just it wasn't good it just it just it, it sung with corporate synergy as well. There's a moment where they just have like a Marvel reference and a Star Wars reference and it's so on the no- nose and it's so painful. The whole film is just like it's made, ironically, it's like it's made by a computer and it just really hurt me, you know? Like I was really hoping for something that was going to be like, you know, interesting and, you know, or at least like fun, but it wasn't any of those things. And, you know, it had like multiple like romantic things that were underdeveloped and, and you know, kind of sometimes came out left field. The, the characters who weren't like main, like the best friend of Guy is like one of the biggest cases of black best friend I've ever, I've ever seen. And it just, oh, wow. it reduces like the, you know, the, I don't know the word is like the, impacts of like any emotional beats of them it's just it killed me inside and guess what john guess what that's right they're making a sequel they greenlit it and i, I, no! know, I just why cinema is dead man i've i'm so sad uh... i want to die that's okay it, yeah i i don't even know what i'm gonna rate it like it looks like as cinema nerds we must revive cinema four four out of ten that yeah okay what else have you watched i can't do this <laughs> I'm so it made me so sad i can't what else have you watched man uh that that's actually made me sad uh yeah. imagine watching it <laughs> imagine that so um what have i watched actually well i've been reading uh invincible oh yes come on tell me so uh as you know we talked about invincible uh on the podcast many months many 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 months ago with uh our guest joe yes we did so if you enjoyed him on our suicide squad video check him out on our invincible video yeah yes we also talked about the pain and the suffering and a lot of pain and suffering and katana so uh like so on my back invincible this graphic novel Mm -hmm is so so different to the story that we saw mm. on tv i have heard that it's different so they have changed uh so from the cop to the graphic novel to tv they have changed a lot okay would so, you say in a good way or a bad way like do you prefer uh, which one do you prefer i would say in a a little bit of bad way and a and a lot in a good way okay. because what I've read is really good. It's really good. Uh, and But the one thing that was kind of it overwhelming for me or, or a little bit depressing was that um, every time they were like a huge event, something depressing happens. So like you're going in this depressing spiral downwards of invincible and you just go, oh my God. Oh, um, and just, yeah. And then afterwards you just feel like you've just been watching some, I, I, don't, know, I don't know, some intense, Football or no, not intense football, some tennis or something like that. You just go, Oh my god, oh my god. Where, where it's instead of it's a ball, it's just two superheroes batting humans against each other. Well, with tennis yeah, rackets, but it goes 
insane afterwards that whole battle with um Mark and Nolan mm. uh and afterwards it's 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 crazy so and so they they what they did for the TV show is that they added a lot more stuff from their original ideas and um uh with the characters as well they changed the character for Amber uh for this oh really uh so with Amber she is I, I she's one of the best characters in Invincible um I mm. I, I think many months ago I said on the pod was that I didn't we really like the character of Amber in this uh, show. I thought she was a bit, a little bit flat to me. Um, okay. Uh, but this one, she was. It's one of the sweetest characters, and she, uh, um, she, it really supports the idea of you know the invincible and the the relationship. You know that the the dynamics between. Uh, her and, and and Mark and you know what their life is like and it it's really wholesome to see that as well and uh and it, it, it I, I just don't know it's just it's she's a very wholesome character in this graphic novel and and I really like that but in the TV show she was a bit flat I, I don't know they changed a lot a lot about that and no, she was. She's very supportive of Mark. She's like, mm. oh, I, I always like that it. when it's like, you know, there's less of a conflict and more of a, you know, the yeah. tension doesn't and, come from a relationship. It more comes yeah. from like and, situations. And it doesn't ruin. Uh, it there's a heavily lot of character development between Amber and Mark in this one, uh, and also they fleshed out everything from the later stuff into the first season but you even haven't scratched the surface of this whole crazy stuff uh, so um so i showed you a picture uh of the end of season one yes uh, you did of of um of mark and alan the alien right Alan the alien, yeah. There's a lot more stuff with Alan the alien in this one, so hey. I really like that. Hey, so um, and they've taken a lot of stuff from the later uh, graphic novels or later issues, and they put it there, and I really like that. But also, they um did a lot more stuff with Darkwing, the detective, um, and oh, they fully- do you mean do you mean Dark Blood? Dark Blood or Darkwing? There's two characters. One that is like yeah, Darkwing's uh, part Batman. of the the Guardians of the Globe, right? And then Dark yeah, Damien Darkblood's yeah. like yeah, yeah. No, as I believe it, he doesn't get exercised, right? He stays. Yeah, huh. he stays. Hmm. He stays and huh. doesn't do it. And also, huh. um, apparently, he had more stuff. Well, afterwards, uh, when uh, Mark, well, when Nolan confessed. And had the whole battle. Darkwing mm. had more information about the murdering of the Guardians of the Globe. What a twist! Yes, there's a lot more stuff, really. So, yeah, uh, but there's a lot. Look, there's a lot of depressing notes after the battle. Um, Northern's more uh, with uh, Mark's 
uh, mum uh, and with the relationship between uh, with other characters uh, as well. So Atom Eve, she there, there was not there wasn't a lot of change with Atom Eve, uh, and I really like Atom Eve in this one. She was like um, more considered. Uh, no, but would well anxious about Mark. You know, where's he up to in this life? You know, what's he doing? And uh, and I really like that. So that that hasn't changed. But they had uh, the gory stuff in it. There wasn't a lot of gory stuff in this uh, in this one as well. Oh, that's but good. The stuff that you saw on TV. Oh my god! Like the train scene. Is that, the train scene in there? Uh, no, the train scene's not there. Oh, so that was uh, from the wonderful mind of the of the yeah the writers so, of the show. Nice. And they fleshed yeah, so they fleshed out everything between you know like the the uh, the finding out who killed the guy in the globe, and uh, they um, and also they changed William's uh, sexuality in this one. Oh, is he straight? Yeah, he was straight in the comics. God and just didn't. damn it. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess rest in peace to representation, I guess. Yeah. So, and uh, I don't know, but uh, she was uh, Amber was white, and then she oh. and was black. I mean, okay, that, that's fine. Uh, it doesn't change. I, mean, I, I but... guess. I guess the show is, you know, kind of uh, taking uh, bigger strides to um, yeah, I, I, make I, I there be that. more. Uh, diversity and yeah i agree with you I, I respect that i think i think from the sounds of it i think i probably enjoy the show more than the graphic novel so based on this obviously what would you give it out of 10 and do you think that you will uh, continue reading the graphic novel uh i, I want to say a little bit a little bit stuff uh, okay. about this graphic novel yeah go for it the graphic novel does gloss over some stuff it doesn't give you much of the backstory that happened and sometimes it is repetitive what just mm. happens in the graphic novel like oh no something bad happens oh no they're saved and everyone's done and dusted like the battle didn't really have effect on them until one battle i thought oh okay that's that that's a good one so it, it was a bit repetitive sometimes but uh, but I really like the drawings of it. It's it really cool. I thought it was simple and you know uh, uh, fun to watch, uh, to, fun to read, uh, awesome. to look at. Uh, You're just so, watching it, just like just seeing it. It's like ah, the picture's going to move at oh. some point. Uh, why? Why isn't the page moving? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Try to swipe it all day. Yeah, and it also there's a lot more stuff with Omni Man. Uh, Omni Man in this uh, graphic novel. So after the battle, you'll see what happens with him. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, uh, I give this an eight. I okay. thought it was enjoyable, uh, cool. but it, it felt overwhelming what was just happening, but sometimes it just glossed over things. And I mean, there was a lot of depressing and dark notes that just mm. happened in the graphic novel and just go, oh. Do you think based on that, you will read, because obviously you bought the first compendium, do you think you will read the second one? I don't know because okay. there's three compendiums, um, and I just don't want to. Compendiums I mean, are big. It's a lot it's, of reading. It's a lot of reading. It's a commitment. I thought it, it is commitment, but I just don't want to get heavily too much into it because 
uh, I feel like that's going to be a bit too much for me. And you yeah, know, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Uh, and I, I, and I just want to, you know, finally, what happens after the season one? I mean, I got some answers. I got answers. What mm. happens after season one? That's so true. I don't want to get too far ahead. And yeah. Then go, and I just that's don't want to. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I'll I'll show you what the graphic novels like to you and then we could trade saga and then you could have invincible ah not a bad idea not a bad idea at all um yeah, yeah. what else interesting what else have you been watching oh um well obviously free guy was dreadful but something that was actually probably one of the best films i've seen this year was a film called limbo so this is a, a, a small film uh, and it basically follow, follows a group of refugees and um, the main ones being from Syria uh, who are kind of stuck um, on an island in Scotland, kind of waiting for, um, you know, their uh, like applications to become citizens um, uh, come through. And it just kind of follows these people as they you know, live this kind of, as the title suggests, life that is them in limbo, really. It's very interesting because they spend the whole time, you know, just kind of trying to find meaning and trying to find fun, trying to find things that remind them of home. And, you know, while also trying to learn, you know, what it's like to to be in this in this new country and, you know, having to learn like different things and, 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 and you know, like meeting and react and um, interacting with locals and it's very interesting to see that kind of you know point of view done in in such a you know subtle way you know the acting you know especially from the main character isn't exactly somebody who who speaks his feelings but you know his his performance speaks volumes I would say even without you know kind of having to be a big extravagant character it was all very, very interesting and very well done in its subtle subtlety. I love that kind of stuff. And I think it was done, you know, with a lot of care and attention. And one of the things that I really liked about this was the aspect ratio. Um, the whole time it was four by three. And I do love four by three. Um, but what they do with it, it changes at a certain point in a certain scene. And it, it, it's very, it's just really clever how they use it to reflect, you know, the feeling of belonging and feeling of um, intensity and you know like feeling like they're at home or that they are happy um because obviously you know in this in this state you know being in this new uh country in such a you know like um small part of this big country not re- not being able to break through you know it is it is a, a time when you know they don't really feel like they belong and these characters go through stuff mm. that you know i can only imagine and I just, I just, it really, it really touched me, and I, and I really, really liked it. Um, yeah, I'm, I was really impressed with it, having not known anything about it beforehand. So I think I'm going to give it a ten out of ten, which you know is really, you know, a, a really big, um, a, a big number. But I think it definitely deserves it. All right. So <laughs> I feel like that you're watching a lot more amazing films than. And then I have. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I got a lot of time. <laughs> I don't uh, have any work to do or anything. I mean, I guess I do have work to do. I don't know. I guess I just don't have a life. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, is that is that it from you? Yeah, that's that's it for me. Uh, Brilliant. Well, um, 
a lot more. So, yeah. Great. So, yeah, take us out. All right. So, ladies and, ladies and gents, thank you for uh, listening uh, this episode. Uh, so, <laughs> why do I sound like I'm just, you know, saying goodbye? And then, uh, thank, thank you, you, thank you for, for listening thank you for to this episode. This... We hope you enjoyed. Please leave a like and subscribe. Thank you. And so, um, yeah, uh, please wear your masks when you're going to cinemas. Mm. We want to keep them open mm. and be safe when you're mm. around and wash your hands. Do, do wash your hands, please. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. And uh what else if you want to get in touch with us as always uh if you email us we will reply outtimefilmpod at gmail.com or you can follow us at twitter or instagram at outtimefilmpod or me on twitter at tom the boardman and next week we're revisiting tenet because next week is a special one because it's actually a one year special one year anniversary Oh, that's mad. Uh, it'll be coming out on Friday, actually, not the usual Sunday, because it will have been 365 days since we started this podcast, which is insane. That is absolutely crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Um, it. It really is like just a milestone. And I guess we'll talk more about that next week. But yeah, so if you want to hear our updated thoughts on Tenet, yeah, drop in next week and yeah, uh, subscribe if you if, if you want to see more from us. As we said, we did the Suicide Squad. We did Suicide Squad. We've done Invincible. We've done loads of stuff. We did loads more Bad Batch content. If you want to check back our Bad Batch playlist, which will be probably um, at the end. And yes, I think that's everything. Is that everything? Yes, that is Good. everything. Good. Well uh, then. Just, just, just be safe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Please, please, please. Um. And yeah, so, um, yeah, take us out. Right, okay. Take what you're giving. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.